I say really delighted that uh, Richard is sharing God's word with us this morning. So I'm going to hand over to him now. Great. Thank you, Tom. Thank you for the readers for reading so well, too. Um, just first of all, that we've had it's been a really um kind of bold facing of really difficult issues and issues that do affect us as a congregation it's been fantastic having some of the stories each week and we've been immersed in um, the book of exodus and what i want to do in a way to kind of wrap up the series is to do a bit of a panoramic view i don't know if any of you have ever looked on Google Earth and found your address and seen a picture of your house and worked out, oh, that's the neighbor's car and that's the, the neighbor's um, kind of uh, bouncy castle in their garden or whatever. And then you go up and you go further away and you can see Birmingham and then you get this kind of big view from space. So it's worth trying, have a look. And what I want to do is, is kind of look at the issue of race and culture from that kind of panoramic view, from the whole of scripture and say, what's God's plan with all of this? Where have we gone wrong? But where's our future? Um, and Exodus is, is one part of that story, but just to situate it in the big story of God's plans for us. And what I'm gonna do, um, I've got kind of four quick sections that I'm gonna touch on. First of all, I'm gonna say a word about sin, that sin word, where we get stuff wrong. I'm gonna talk about what it means to be a new family, what it means to be a church that is good news and not just giving good news. And then finally talk about God's multicolored wisdom. Okay, so that's where we're going, is that all right? Yeah, just to start, a word about sin. Now, I'm really conscious each week we've heard some incredibly challenging testimonies, stories that I'll be honest, as, as a white middle aged bloke, I have felt ashamed, felt guilt and felt that real sense of challenge that actually I've been ignorant of so many of the daily realities that many of our own community faced. And whilst others can have an idea, actually the lived reality of the evil of racism, just hearing that has been incredibly powerful. And it, it was interesting um, hearing Brian last week kind of bring that element of, of being a man into this. And I'm conscious as a, as a white male, just the layer upon layer of struggle and difficulty that my black and Asian brothers and sisters face, particularly when, well, what might it be hearing sort of Maya or Debbie receive direct racism as women, who there's that other layer of, of threat against them. So this is really powerful stuff. And I'm really conscious that I'm sure, I'm sure all of us have, would never, would never directly involved in kind of actual racist language and threatening behavior. But actually that's, that's not enough. And part of what has been difficult and a struggle and something that I identify with 
is actually there are systems and there are relationships that I'm implicated in. And when I talk about a brief word about sin, an element of sin is not just the things that we do, the words that we say, um, our attitudes and actions. Sometimes it's about being part of a system that is evil. Structures that maybe we benefit of from some of us unknowingly. Martin Luther, the, the reformer, he describes sin as being humans turned in upon themselves because we don't often know what it's like to understand the suffering of others. And you think, go back to the early chapters of Genesis and what you have are these layers and layers of sin in creation. So we start off with, with Adam and Eve, where it's gone wrong, with the individual, with the family, They've got Cain and Abel, and, and even in, in the production of food and in industry, there's brokenness. And you get that picture also in the early part of Genesis of Babel. Do you remember the Tower of Babel? And humans were wanting to build this huge tower to get to God. And they, they could feel that they, they could get on a level and be equal with God, and that was impossible. And what God did was in the story, and it's a picture story, he threw them all into division and said, well, you're going to have different languages and you're going to war against each other and you're going to be divided. And we see in scripture, in our Bible, that there's this sin running through that is not just, and, and in many of our confession prayers, we talk about the sin that we need to confess, the things we have done, and the things we have not done. And I think many of us in these stories have been impacted with that sense of the things that we've not done, but we've been part of, that we've really not appreciated or understood around our brothers and sisters. But the really good news is that God has sent Jesus to turn this stuff around, to make good the wrongs in this world. We've been through the, the series of, of Exodus looking at the injustices and at the heart of that big injustice is sin. And God in Jesus Christ is, has come to make good the sins of division that tear people apart and tear races and cultures apart. So that was a brief word about sin. Ephesians. Now, just to touch very briefly, you heard that, that wonderful passage in, in Ephesians, and it's, it's one of my favourite letters in, in the New Testament. And I'd really encourage you this afternoon or tonight to read through Ephesians. Do it in one go, because you, you get the writer to, to the church in Ephesus, um, kind of building on this story of what the good news is, the gospel. It's good news. And because of this good news, and so we started the reading with a, because of the good news, and layer upon layer of what this means. And the, the kind of foundational message in the book of Ephesians is that the good news is that Jesus has come to break down dividing walls and to create a new family. 
So all the differences of race and culture that actually lead to violence and injustice, Jesus Christ has come to make a new family, a new creation that we might come together. Tom Wright, the theologian, describes when, when the writer in chapter two, just before what we heard read, that breaking down the dividing walls of the good news, he describes the church in this, in this um, book as small working models of the ultimate new creation. And this is amazing stuff. And it's, and I'll come to this at the end. This is one of the real gifts that I love about St. Christopher's because there are churches out there in the suburbs and in rural areas where this is strange and different. But we can look around at Zoom and see lots of different colored faces and different ages and different backgrounds. We are an incredible church. Now, we don't always get it right. And we've been learning loads over these past few weeks of stuff that perhaps has been hidden away, um, understandings and misunderstandings. But actually, the church, in its essence, is meant to be this new family of people from Dick. It's God's kind of vanguard, the kind of little foretaste of what's to come because heaven's going to be like this and we'll touch on that in a bit so a little word about sin a new family and then just looking at the passage that we read in ephesians 3 verse 10 is is the core of it now my translation puts it this way through the church the wisdom of god in its rich variety might now be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realm. The, the translation that we had in, in our reading was the manifold wisdom of God. I'll unpack that in a moment. But just to say, first of all, do you notice that it's not just what the church says, it's what the church is. The good news is the church embodying this new family with people from different cultures, different backgrounds, different ages, coming together in Jesus Christ. We're already good news. And St. Christopher's has the incredible privilege of being the kind of community that draws people together from different backgrounds. And I don't know of any other institution that does that. You know, we're probably all in different clubs and sorts. You know, you might be in a, a I don't know, a snooker club or a choir. Um, you, you name it. And those are great. But the church isn't a club because actually, like any family, you can't choose who else is there. There's no kind of, well, is, is it the kind of club that I want to be part of because I don't like that and I don't like this well that's family because we don't choose family and the wonderful thing is it's people that are really different from each other that's part of the good news Jesus Christ has come for that very purpose and that 
that verse in that I read out with the tra different translation that I've got, Ephesians 3.10. I'll read it again. Through the church, the wisdom of God in its rich variety might now be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms. There's a word in Greek that's really difficult to translate. So the, the, the translation that you've got, the NIV one that you heard, is the manifold wisdom of God. It's really difficult to translate because there's no obvious equivalent. If you want to look it up, and this is a word that you don't need to memorize, it's polypoikilos, poly, many. And you know that Greek word was often used to describe cloth with different colored threads woven together. There's no obvious easy translation. Tom Wright, that New Testament theologian I mentioned, he's done a translation of this where he talks about the polychrome wisdom of God, different colored wisdom of God. And somehow God's good news in Jesus Christ has put us in a new family where actually the good news is different races, different cultures, different educational backgrounds, different ages, all bound together in him. And it's wonderful good news because as we enter into that and discover more of Christ, as we come together, we find out more of God's love by engaging with that difference. I learn more about God's good news by hearing the stories that I've heard from Debbie and Maya and others over these past few weeks. Because of their love and grace in the midst of that story, that's a blessing to me and also a challenge about how I need to behave differently and understand differently. It's that polychrome, multicolored wisdom of God. Tom mentioned Pentecost earlier. The good news of Pentecost, yes, the empowering of the Holy Spirit, but part of the good news was it was embodied in the gift of tongues. Now, the gift of tongues wasn't that they all spoke Esperanto, a language that everyone could understand. They spoke in different tongues and were understood by different cultures of backgrounds. And it's like that picture of Babel with the division and the disunity and the wars as people in, in judgment from God spoke different language and couldn't be understood. The gift of God in Christ, as he pours out his spirit, suddenly we can understand each other, but in the midst of our cultures, in the midst of our histories and the languages, they're all good news because they're transformed by God. Put it crudely and simply, God is not after. If you put a whole lot of foods together of different colours, chances are it ends up a bit grey or a bit dirty brown. God wants a fruit salad, just in its basic form. God is not colourblind. Your culture, your background matters. And the fact that it may be different from mine is an opportunity to discover something deeper about God and to be blessed. 
And that goes on to that revelation picture. That's just a picture of the future, where we're heading. This good news, as it, as it comes to fruition, as it's made perfect when Jesus comes again, is not a picture of everyone looking grey. It's a picture of languages and cultures and race all gathered around Christ together in their uniqueness. That's the glory of the church. So if you like the big picture, the panorama, it's not going back to the Garden of Eden. It's not, you know, back to one culture, one particular way of doing things. God's not winding the clock back for us. It's a garden to a garden city. It's a city where different cultures and races come together, where creation itself is there at the heart, the tree of life, worshipping Jesus Christ. We have the real privilege of being in a multicultural city with all these different races and backgrounds. In one sense, we're, we're ahead of the curve if we see it like that, if we embrace it. Let me finish with some challenges to close. What does it mean for us at St Christopher's? Well, I think we've started this work this last month, haven't we? It means listening, sharing stories. It means making space for difference intentionally. It means raising up leadership from different backgrounds and cultures. It means being inspired to worship across our difference. Sometimes we, we have debates in church, don't we, about worship styles. But I wonder if we can make more space for the different ways that we might worship at St Christopher's. Because that's a blessing. The multicoloured wisdom of God. I think it calls us to curiosity as well, to finding out more and to wonder. Race, culture, ethnicity, whichever words we want to use, are gift and calling. When we failed, and the Church of England has failed, and we often fail, it's a failure of our vocation, of what we're called to be. God has called us to be this multicultural community. I thank God for St Christopher's. I know I've learned masses just being part of St Christopher's, that blessing of difference. And yes, it's tough work, but we find Christ right at the centre of it. Amen.